Amen. That's awesome. Thank you, Selena. All right. All right. Wow. God is good. All the time, right? All the time. I cherish these times with you. I uh, produced a little video that I'll be sending out this week. The Lord reminded me as we study the book of Isaiah that um, he's giving very strategic enemy positions that in prayer that we're to go after, to break the strongholds and the lies. So I want to encourage you to look for those. And if you're in a prayer group or prayer movement, a house of prayer, a prayer house, I want to encourage you to take the words God gives you through the prophet Isaiah and bring them to those houses of prayer. I had the privilege this week to go to a prayer house um, up in Ridgecrest, which is way up past the, the Antelope Valley. It's a powerful prayer house called the Lighthouse and uh, deliver that message as well. Well, you ready? Yeah. Amen. Let us continue our study of Isaiah. God has given us this prophetic book to instruct us specifically for such a time as this. And each week, I believe that he's going to press in deeper. Today we are in Isaiah chapter 4, so please, if you have a Bible, open it to Isaiah chapter 4. I'm going to read the entire chapter, Isaiah chapter 4. For the next strategic assignment, God is giving his remnant. Holy Spirit, as I open your word, as we, this remnant, open your word, we say yes to the assignment today that you will give us. I want to encourage you to agree with that. I say yes to the assignment today from your word you're giving us. Amen. Follow along as I read. For seven women will take hold of one man in that day, saying, We will eat our own bread and wear our own clothes only. Let us be called by your name. Take away our reproach. In that day, say that with me, in that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth will be the pride and adornment of the survivors of Israel. And it will come about that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Everyone, everyone who is recorded for life in Jerusalem. When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the bloodshed of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning, then the Lord will create over the whole area Mount Zion and over her assemblies a cloud by day, even smoke in the brightness of a flaming fire by night, and over all the glory will be a canopy. There will be a shelter to give shade from the heat by day and refuge and protection from the storm and the rain. Verse five, chapter 5, verse 1. Let me sing now for my beloved, a song of my beloved concerning his vineyard. My well-beloved had a vineyard on a fertile hill. Amen. 
In this text, God tells his remnant that they are called the branch of the Lord. And he explains what this means, and then he says, sing a song to me. See, for the remnant of the Lord in this current season we face, there's a journey that we must take into a war that is waging. Now, I've spoken about this war for several weeks, and it is no uh, surprise, right? You don't need a, to have a degree in theology to see the spiritual battle that's going on. It is very evident. It is very prevalent. But it is a battle, a series of battles we must fight to reclaim the soul of this state called California and the soul of this country called America. And it is a deeply spiritual battle in nature. The enemy of truth, the father of lies, has greatly advanced. The enemy has caused a blanket of hopelessness in the land and a spirit of blindness over the church. This war that is raging aggressively is an effort, hear me, by the devil to stop the 21st century awakening of the church. Because if he can stop that awakening, he can stop the billion soul harvest. And the soldiers, God is raising up the awakening remnant force are called to break off both hopelessness and blindness. In chapter 4 of Isaiah, God instructs us how we will begin. He has prepared a special forces remnant, an awakening remnant that he calls the branch of the Lord. But to understand this, first and foremost, we need to understand what has actually happened these last six months? Let me ask you a question. When COVID hit and all churches shut down, what was the one thing that was stopped? Well, was teaching stopped? No, teaching continued. In fact, most all of us have been conditioned to go online to see sermons. Ministry stopped? No, ministry continued. Small group stopped? No, we went to Zoom. I don't know if you're like me, I'm Zoomed out. <laughs> zoom, 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 Zoom. Zoomy Zoom. I feel, like a, I feel like the car, what was that, Volkswagen? Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. <laughs> I just Zoomed out. That didn't stop. All of that continued. In fact, new and creative ways of using online continued. But what was the one thing that did not continue that the church was never designed to do separate from one another? What was the one thing? Worship. It stopped. Corporate worship stopped. Now, to be sure, online there's some cool new things going on of people worshiping together, but the church, not even 
slightly close to connecting with that. In fact, even myself have heard of all the things wrong with online worship. Worship corporately stopped. In fact, I've even heard, well, brother, I wait until the worship's over, then I check in online so I can hear the message. Good message today. And now, over two-thirds of all church-going Christians don't even engage online. The enemy has taken out two-thirds of God's army. God says in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. That gathering is physical, gathering together. And more to the point, when our governor first allowed churches to reopen late May, for you recall, we believed then that, and Pentecost Sunday, we pressed in and Remember when we got to reopen for a little? What was the one thing that he said you can't do? Sing. Now, do you think that was an accident? Do you think that was just kind of an oh, by the way, it had nothing to do with spiritual things? Or was that intentional? In fact, the enemy overplayed his hand, and I can just see it. Governor Newsom saying, don't sing, and the enemy going, no, don't say that. Oh. Then, when they started singing, what did the enemy do? Used. I pray for our governor. I pray for, shut it down again, just that fast. (gasps) They started singing, shut it down. And the blindness in the church let it happen. After all, we have to protect ourselves from a virus instead of gathering to worship. Are you hearing me? That's more important than gathering. And while we gather, we don't even realize, church. Jesus was asked, what's the greatest command? What is the one above all others that thou shalt worship the Lord your God? with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. It wasn't that thou shalt be taught the word of God with all your soul and all your heart or all your might. It was that you would worship. (sighs) And all the churches said, well, okay, we'll shut down again. Because it's a virus. And after all, we can get our message out online anyway. Not even realizing, not even thinking, not even being aware of the one thing the enemy wanted to stop. It's two or more gathering to worship. To this moment. The majority of the church is still online. Not even thinking of how critical, how serious, how important How strategic the gathering is not for the word, not for the fellowship, but for the worship. 
Even the Apostle Paul taught the people in his days remotely, sending his letters. They got taught. Is that true? It wasn't about the teaching. Yes, we need to teach. It was about the worship. And the longer churches stay closed to in-person services, the greater the advance of the enemy. We will see what happened when the church closed. What happened in this country when the church closed? All hell broke loose like never before. Like never before. Why? Because it stopped worshiping together. Isaiah 4 speaks of the remnant of God raising up. One of the first roles this remnant it is is to break off the deception and restore corporate worship. Remnant, this is a time of intercessory worship. That is the instruction God has given me to give you, to give the churches that are open. I want to take a closer look at this through this prophetic verse, a series of verses in chapter 4. The first thing God needs to do is get the church to shift its focus. The church must shift its focus. Isaiah chapter 4, verse 1. Seven women will take hold of one man in that day, saying, we will eat our own food, we will wear our own clothing, just take away our disgrace, and let us be called by your name. There's another stronghold that exists in the church. And I think all of us, most of us, need to repent of it. It's a stronghold that says the primary reason we come to church is to hear the preacher's message. That's why we come. That's why we come. Got to come to hear the preacher's message. That's why we come, brother. Number one reason. In fact, you look at all the statistics. Number one reason that people come to church, number one reason that churches grow is the quality of the orator skills of the pastor. That's a fact. One of the biggest churches in Texas, the brother is an incredible orator, incredible Bible, just just riveted. His stories are so... A church of 20,000. He went online, it grew to 400,000. He's asking himself, why should I go back together? Why should I, why should I bring the church back together? Very slow to reopen. We camp around it, we wait for it, we discount everything else leading up to it. Worship gets half the time of the message at best. It's called an hour on Sunday for a reason. And it's produced a needy church that says, I need something more from you, more than I just want you. I need my worship, my way. I need, I need, I need. And it's so reflected in the worship, the neediness the church has created because of this culture of Bible teaching-centric gatherings. I'm not saying it's not important to preach the word. Hear me. 
What I'm saying is this present darkness, this battle, this intense spiritual battle that is going on, why all of a sudden unprecedented move of evil, 15 to 26 million rioting, looting, spewing hate and evil, defund the police, killing people. Because the church stopped worshiping. The seven women of Zion is a metaphor for churches. It's a coming day when the church will become so destitute of the Lord's presence. She will turn to the one man, the Lord Jesus Christ, and take hold of him again. See, this is part of the great awakening. She will take hold of him again. And when we've taken hold, see, we've taken hold of the world as a church with clever ideas, cool methods, cultural relevance, practical lessons, comfortable buildings, everything in the church looks more like the world than like heaven. But the seven women, the seven churches in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, the prophet Isaiah is speaking about, will lay hold of their beloved, and the church once again will long for him. They'll want to be called by his great name, the shadow of Shaddai, the beauty his beauty will remove their disgrace. And how does the shadow of his beauty come in the presence of God in worship? I, wanna, I want you to see how significant, how pinpointed, how critical it is that this battle that is waging is understood. Joshua 23.10, One of you routes a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you just as he promises. But then he says this in Leviticus. He's talking about the mighty warriors, a warrior for the Lord, all-in warrior for the Lord, routes a thousand. But then the, he says this about the, just the people coming together. They're not all powerful warriors. But he says this about the people coming together. Now, the verse is probably on the screen, but have you ever wondered why all across this country it is said, no more than a hundred can meet? Have you ever wondered why? What an arbitrary number. Sanctuary that holds 3,000. No more than 100 can meet. Have you ever wondered why the, the battle in Nevada of a Calvary chapel that holds several thousand could only have 100 meet at one time, but a casino can have half of its capacity meeting? How how ridiculous is that? Have you ever wondered why only 100? Here's why. Leviticus 26.8. The enemy knows this well. Five of you will chase 100. 100 of you will chase 10,000. And your enemy will fall by the sword before you. There are millions of demonic demons hitting the West Coast, attacking it. And the enemy is saying, okay. I, I know the Constitution allows them to meet, but keep them in fear of a virus. Keep them at 100. So they're only tearing down at 10,000 at most at a time. Are you hearing me? That's why I want at least 100 in this room. Because each one of us take 10,000. There's 100 of us. How many can we take out? 100 times 10,000 is what? A million. I want to tear down all the enemy's forces. 
It's worship. Christopher said it well. We got to break. We got to break the religious spirit off of worship, loved ones. We got to break it off of our worship. Help us, Lord. Christopher quoted was so awesome. If the people don't don't worship me, the stones will cry out. Now let me ask you, what's the tone in the song a a stone would sing? Do you think you'd like it? Come on now, do you think you'd like the sound? Do you think you'd like the tone of a stone? I don't like that sound. That's not a godly sound. Every sound comes from the heavens. If you worship the Lord God, it comes from Him. I am so passionate about this. The fire of God is on me because this is the present battle. Let us worship at least as well as a stone does. And worship to any song that's up here. Any song. Doesn't matter. It's about our worship. Well, brother, not enough of this song. Not enough of that song. I don't know that song. I don't like that beat. What's that music? It's about us gathering. The greatest. I was caught up in the spirit. 2009, it was the greatest experience of my life. And the Lord brought me. An angel of the Lord took me. And I was in the heavens. And I experienced worship in the throne room. And it was every kind of worship to the Lord you could imagine at the same time. 99.9% of it I don't personally like. But it was all there at the same time in heaven. I was overwhelmed. I was falling apart. I was so undone. Don't you see? That's why the enemy is advancing. That's why the church is asleep. Because they keep thinking, it's well, we can do it online. You can't have two or more online gather. And worship. God says that's why we get together. The stronghold is, is that it's all about the message. It breaks my heart every time I hear even a mature believer say, well, I came in late. So, I, you know, because you know, I'm, I'm tolerating the worship. I'm tolerating that part of it. Because I know it's for the younger people so that I can hear your message, Pastor. God is calling a remnant oh, to breathe the breath of, breath of praise corporately together. And he says, do you realize it's time to march around the walls of Jericho? The second thing that this passage tells us, the remnant must see differently. Isaiah chapter 4, verse 2, in that day, the branch of Yahweh, <clears throat> this is out of the Passion, will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth will be the pride and glory of the remnant of Israel. The branch of Yahweh is the remnant of Israel. Listen, this is how God wants us to see ourselves relative to the church. Remnant as a branch surrounded by all the other branches needing nourishment. That's how he wants this remnant to see himself. Not as the holier than thou, the mighty ones, the ones charging ahead. It's it's for you and I to see ourselves as he is the vine 
in John, he says, and we are the branches. We are a branch. And all of the branches around us are barren. That's what he wants you to see when you pray. That's what he wants you to see when you worship. This is warfare, worship, hour. This is prayer, warfare, hour. Not just prayer. Prayer and worship. And we got to do it better than the Celts. Because I'm thinking the sound of a stone, we probably would go, what in the world is that sound? That's what I'm thinking. Well, I can't worship to that. I'll wait till, okay, I'll just. Do you see yourself as a branch? I want you to close your eyes for a second. I want to invite you to do this right now, even those online. The Lord says, you are a branch of the Lord. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. You see yourself connected to the vine? I want you to look around with your spiritual eyes to the other branches. Look what you see. They're withered. They're starving for oxygen. open your eyes there's a new move of unity that's needed it's a John 17 unity because today the church is operating in a Philippians 2 15 to 17 church matter Paul said some follow Apollo some follow this some follow you some follow me some some preach for vain you know repetition or some preach for personal motives what do i care as long as as long as the christ is being preached see in the church today we, we we don't have that attitude of paul we really don't when we look at other churches when we look at all the other parts of the bride and unfortunately as the remnant we can't afford to have an attitude of anything but love for the rest of the bride this is a season like no other you've ever walked into you cannot judge the church. You must love the church. You must see yourself as a single little branch of tens of thousands of branches on the vine right now. That God is calling to bring nourishment to the whole. What will it take? The third thing, the spirit of the fear of the Lord must rise again. Isaiah says in verse 3 of chapter 4, Then the remnant in Zion and Jerusalem, those who are written for life in Jerusalem, will be called holy. The aromatic for written for life is those, are, those that are written for eternal life. This is a reference to the battle found in worship. Worship is now our intercession. And when you and I gather in this house, we must roll up our sleeves and say, let's get to work. And together, worship as intercession to the Lord. And Isaiah gives us specific corporate instruction of our worship in this season. He is saying, have the right attitude and have the right focus in our worship 
Isaiah chapter 4, verse 4. And the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion, cleansed the blood stains of Jerusalem by the spirit of justice and by the spirit of burning. This is the attitude and focus, church, of, of intercessory worship in this time. It is a call to intercessory worship. It is a call that when Kyle goes into that padding and we're in the presence of God and the, and the, and the Spirit is here and the angels are surrounding us to enter into intercession. The attitude is that to be a branch to bring before the Lord an attitude of humility and repentance and a heart that cries out for the cleansing of the Lord over our land. It's to recognize when you're worshiping and you're caught up in the Spirit God is going to show you if you're intentional about what I'm saying. He's going to show you the other branches. He's going to give you creative worship, sounds, prophetic words to sing over the other branches of the church. The word, and the Lord will wash away the filth of the daughters of Zion. That word filth means drunkard, vomit, human, excrement. See, we have a call as the remnant to worship him so that the Lord can wash away the filth. The focus, worship, the blood stains of Jerusalem by the spirit of justice and the spirit of burning, the focus of our worship is to, is to worship in the spirit of justice and to worship in the spirit of burning. The spirit of justice is act of deciding a case. We are to declare and worship that it is finished. We are to declare and worship that the enemy is defeated. We are to declare and worship that the walls are coming down. We are to declare as if we're marching around the walls of Jericho. We're to declare God's truth over the lies as we worship. We're to declare God's righteousness and goodness over all else. We're to pray it and we're to worship him. That's worshiping in spirit and truth, the truth of who he is. As we worship in the spirit, as we come together. And then the spirit of burning, he says, we're to worship that, it, it, that literally means kindling to start a fire. It's a fire that burns off the lies. The father of lies has just exploded on the scene. And he's working overtime to keep the church from meeting in person. And very soon, the weather will change. And they won't be able to worship outside. And I am sure the enemy is going to try desperately to keep this thing going. It's, it's not better. It's not, it's, not, it's not about whether you wear a mask or not. That's a whole other thing. This is about w- coming together in corporate worship and worshiping. Mask on, mask off. Doesn't matter. Wipe on, wipe off. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Worship together. No fear. We worship, and Jesus said, I, this is why Jesus said, I saw Satan falling, right? Yes. Like lightning. 
This is the church's finest hour. This is the great awakening. This is the call. This is why the battle to keep churches closed. Simply because if they're closed, we can advance. And if they open, keep them to 100. Because then they only take out 10,000 at a time. Most of the church. I'm going to close with this. If we do what God says to do, look at what he says he will do. By the spirit of justice and the spirit of burning, the Lord Adonai will wash away the filth from the churches. The Hebrew word for spirit is translated wrath or blast. See, when we worship, blasts of nuclear bombs against the enemy just, just start to just get fired. Because the Lord fights our battles. We've got to understand the power of worship. Not just prayer. Worship in prayer. Both are needed. And yes, I'll give a message. Bill Johnson talked about camping around the message versus camping around the presence. And most of the church never got it. Because it's always about the word. That was the line in the sand again, by the way. Ever since I preached that message, some of you knew in the other building, I've never seen, I've never gotten hit so hard, the revelation of that line in the sand. If you want Bible teaching and church planning, you come with me, Chuck Smith, bless him. If you want worship and the gifts, you go with John Wimber. What will the spirit of burning produce? This is what the Lord says that he wants to build before the end comes. We're so close, loved ones. I'm going to give you a statistic now, another one. Horrid result of the lack of the church being the conscience of a country, the conscience of a state. Heterosexual couples Man and woman. Do you know that those couples that feel like they're lifelong partners, 65% of them are having kids and they're not married? 65%. Why do I need to get married? We love each other. So they're, they're secular unions and these kids are being born without a marriage covenant. It's a greater percentage in growing than divorce. Coincidence? Just a thing? Or another result of a lack of a voice of truth invading this country? What does it teach all those children? Take the LBGTQ out of the way for a second. These things are connected. Because the enemy also wants to destroy the whole idea of a wedding feast or a marriage. He wants to destroy that. He wants to destroy the concept. Because Jesus is coming back for a bride. Now listen, in this great awakening, in this season of remnant, 
calling to break the strongholds over the church so they come together. We need to pray for those pastors that they get an awakening because they're stuck in the mindset. As long as I can preach God's word, we can just follow orders. They're stuck in the mindset that doesn't realize the real reason, even though they didn't know it, even though they didn't realize it, that the, that the church is shut down to keep worship from happening. We all need to repent of some level of how we treat worship. But here is what, if we do these things, if we worship in the spirit of justice and the spirit of burning, here's what will be produced. Here's what Yahweh, God, will do. Listen to verse 5 of chapter 4. Then Yahweh will create over all of Mount Zion and over every gathering a cloud of smoke. He will create over all of Mount Zion and over every gathering over every gathering, a cloud of smoke by day and a glowing flame of fire by night. You heard that before? Cloud by day, fire by night. Why? Because God said through Moses, let my people go. Why? So they can worship me the way I want to be worshipped. Not the way Pharaoh says you can worship, but the way I want to be worshipped. That is what we're praying in as intercessors in worship. That is why I need all hands on deck in this house. We need a hundred warriors. We need this whole place worshiping God together. Not just because for all the other reasons, but now in addition to them, because right now worship needs to be our intercession. We need to take control of the skies again. We need our planes to take off. Worship is warfare in the heavenly realm. That's our warfare in the heavenly realm. Prayer is our ground game. Worship is our, is our air force. We need worship with prayer. Then Yahweh will create over all of Mount Zion and over every gathering. That's what he's talking about. A cloud of smoke by day and glowing fire by night. And all this manifestation of darling glory will spread over them a wedding canopy. Here is, what, here is what ultimately God is doing. The wedding canopy in the Hebrew, that chupah, it means the nuptial chamber. As part of a Jewish wedding ceremony, the bride and groom would be overshadowed by a canopy. A marriage chamber is established. That's what God wants to establish in the awakening of the church. A marriage chamber. And it will provide peace and rest and security for the bride. And the promise of him will shine again. Verse 6, and it will be a tabernacle as a shade from the scorching heat of day and a safe shelter to protect them from the storm of night. Amos 9.11 describes the tabernacle, the tent of David, that God promised to restore on the earth by day and night worship before the unveiled presence of God. Oh, church. Do you see what's at stake? Do you see the battle? Do you see it? Isaiah 5, that's why, chap, verse 1, is a continuation of the letter. It says, remnant branch, let me sing a song for the one I love, called my lover in his vineyard. My beloved planted a vineyard on a very fertile hill. 
Church, it's time, remnant, to understand the significance of what we do in this house corporately. In worship, let's stand. I've asked Kyle to lead us in a song. It's an intercessory song. It's a new song, perhaps, for many of you. But I'd like us all to practice together this work of intercessory worship and sing this song to the Lord as a branch among all the branches. Sing this song as a prayer, as an intercession over all the church. You and I need to stand in the gap in worship like we stand in the gap of prayer in a spirit of justice, which is a spirit of repentance, and a spirit of burning, which is lighting the flame and fire of the shift to the presence of God being the most important thing. That's what Isaiah is saying in this verse, in this chapter. Listen to this song. Let's sing it. <laughs>